I want you to pray with me. And I want to pray a prayer out of Colossians. And Lucas, I didn't give this to you, but in Colossians chapter 1, we're going to pray a prayer that goes right in line with what we've been teaching here the last few weeks. And I want you to see the prayer because it has to do with what we've been teaching. It's a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer. You should find these prayers in the New Testament where Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Paul prayed for the church at Colossae. Paul prayed for the church at Philippi. Pray them for yourself because you're a born-again Christian and that's who these prayers were prayed for. In Colossians chapter 1, I want you to notice in verse 9, Paul's getting ready. He, he prayed this for the church at Colossae all the time. We're going to pray it for ourselves today. But I want you to see it before we pray it. Paul said, for this cause, we also, that's Paul and his, his company, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be, here's what he's praying, that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will. What will that do for you? In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now why? So that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work. How many of you want to be more fruitful in all the good things you're doing? Amen. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Now remember this is all hinging on you knowing the will of God. Strengthened with all might. That sounds good. A lot of people didn't make it because they weren't strong enough. It wasn't because they were bad. They weren't strong enough. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all endurance, our patience, and long-suffering with joyfulness. Everybody say joyfulness. joyfulness. Come on. Will knowing and doing the will of God do anything for your happiness? Yes. What will it, it will make it full. Yes. The devil's a liar. He keeps telling people, whispering in their ears, saying, if you really do the perfect will of God now, you won't like it. And he even knows that's not true. That's why he's trying to lie to you to make you think it's not true. The will of God includes all these things we just read. Then he starts giving thanks to the Father who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now notice, God has delivered us. Everybody say has from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And the list goes on. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the remission or forgiveness of sins. So I'm going to pray this prayer for us all right now. And uh, actually I'll pray, I'll pray it line by line and you repeat it after me. And let's believe God for this to happen in our hearts. Say this. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would fill me, fill us all with the knowledge of your will. In all, wisdom in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and spiritual understanding. that we would walk worthy of you, Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to your glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering. With joyfulness in Jesus' name. Now let's just thank the Lord that it's happening. Father, we thank you. You're filling us. You're filling us with the knowledge of your will. It's not fuzzy anymore. We're seeing what you want us to do. We're going to live in the perfect will of God. And we thank you for it, Lord, and all the blessings 
that accompany being in your will. We love you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're talking about understanding what the will of the Lord is. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the earth around us. You have a will, right? Other people have a will and want you to do things, right? The devil has a will for your life. How many of you are glad you missed the perfect will of the devil if you're a Christian? The perfect will of the devil was that people not be saved, that they be lost and go to hell with him forever. If you're born again, you missed the perfect will of the devil. Anybody glad for that? (laughs) But he doesn't stop. If he can't keep you from getting saved, he'll try to keep you from being consecrated to God all your life till you do go to heaven. He'll try to keep you from being filled with the Spirit. So you can actually overcome all these things that the enemy throws at you. He'll try to keep you from walking in love. So we just got to keep overcoming and keep declaring, I'm going to know and do the will of God no matter what. Amen? Amen. The will, just that phrase, the will of God, shows us that he has a will for our lives. And you know, Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this manner. He didn't necessarily pray this word for word, but there's principles in this prayer. Pray after this manner. Our Father. Now, if you're his child, you can say that. Our Father. That should get you in faith right there. God's your Father, and he wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First thing, you ready? Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Well, you have to ask yourself, what's, what's in heaven? Well, how about we say what's not in heaven? There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease. There's no depression. There's no fear. There's no bondage. There's no poverty. So when we, he said, pray, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's praying that those things be done on earth as it is in heaven. Healing, prosperity, deliverance, protection. Do you know why heaven is absolutely perfect? No crying, no sighing, no dying. Right? Former things are all... Do you know why heaven is perfect? God always gets His way there. What if God always gets His way in your home? Guess what won't be there? Huh? Now, I sensed in my heart that a lot of us know about the general will of God for our lives. Saved. He wants us saved. Fill with the Spirit. He wants us living a Spirit-filled life. Walk in love. He wants us walking in love. But there are specifics that only you can get through your fellowship with the Lord on a daily basis. And here's the thing I felt like the Lord wanted me to say to you today. When it comes to the will of God for your life, and you knowing and doing the will of God for your life, more selective, more effective. If you're more selective about what He wants for you, you'll be more effective in life in everything you do. Everybody say, more selective, more effective. There's scriptures in the Bible where people went with a part of the will of God and life was okay. And then there was people who wholly followed the Lord and they're in scripture because of the great achievements God helped them do in this life. I really believe the Lord wants us to tune in in these last days and realize there might be more to his calling on my life than I thought. 
There are some specifics that only people that put him first will get. Now, I'm going to share this and back it up with scriptures, but I want to say it now because I'm going to say it again later. Because people don't choose the perfect will of God for their life, they encounter trials in life the Lord never intended them to encounter. I'm going to say it's called unnecessary adversity. They think it's just a part of life. Everybody goes through it. It's not supposed to be a part of every believer's life. Some of this crazy stuff that's happening in the world right now is not supposed to happen to God's people. We're supposed to be living on a higher level and that life that we do live on that higher level is supposed to be a witness to all these people around us. And they go, wow, how do you stay above the storm? How do you get through that stuff? How do you overcome like you overcome? And the goodness they see in our life, the Bible says the goodness of God leads them to want to turn themselves to the Lord. Let me say it again, because people don't choose the perfect will of God. They encounter trials in life God never intended them to encounter. I call it unnecessary adversity, stuff you don't have to go through. So go to Ephesians chapter 5. And let's read. Now, Lucas, I gave you verse 17, but we have to back up a little bit because I saw something earlier today just before I came out in verse 15, 16 and 17. So if you don't have a Bible, look up on the screen. It says, Paul said, see, now church, he's talking to the church, people just like us. See then that you guys walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, being very cautious about what you do with your time, buying it up like it's precious because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Being very cautious about what you do with your time because the days are evil. Next verse. Wherefore, now because of this, because the days are evil and because of the time we're living in, even more so, don't be foolish, one translation says, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, if the Lord tells us to understand what his will is, then he wants us to know his will. You can totally know the perfect will of God for your life and live in it all the time. God's not going to say, know my will and make it real hard for us to know his will. But did you notice the best use of our time, redeeming the time? The best use of our time, Paul said, is doing the will of God. Here's the interesting thing about doing the will of God. We grew up in a world that programmed us to do whatever we want to do. Whatever we feel like doing. And this is one of the reasons many people have encountered things and, and, and hurt, got hurt in life and all kinds of problems manifested is because nobody taught them that there's somebody who can help you make decisions instead of you just deciding what you want to do every day of your life. God wants to help you make the right decisions, avoid a bunch of problems, overcome a bunch of stuff that other people aren't overcoming. Everything everybody's looking for is found in the will of God. You'll find scripture after scripture that talks about peace coming to you that the world can't give or take away if you're in the will of God for your life. The Bible talks about prosperity coming to you if you're in the will of God. The Bible talks about divine protection around you and your family if you're in the will of God. The Bible talks about a bright future. The Bible talks about healing and deliverance and, and, having a, and happiness. There's a good one. Everybody wants happiness. Where is it? Fullness of joy is only found in one place. 
And that is in doing the will of God for your life. Now, you should be pretty excited about this right now because you are right now doing something that is the will of God for your life. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhort one another so much the more, especially since you see the day approaching the coming of the Lord. Who said forsake not the assembling of yourselves together? The Lord did. So you're doing something he told you to do, which means you're doing his will. Now, if you really want to get to the higher level, hopefully you're here because you want to be here. (laughs) And somebody didn't just drag you. Now, if somebody did drag you to church today, you can make an adjustment on the inside right now and declare, you know what? I may have been dragged to church today, but I make an adjustment. I want to be here. I believe God's way is the best way. I'm doing something he told me to do. And actually, I'm doing it because I love him. All right. So Ephesians 5, 17 says, understand what the will of the Lord is. All right. We made mention already that the general will of God for everybody on this planet is get saved. Because what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Answer, zippo. Zero, nothing. Number two, it's the will of God that every believer be filled with the Holy Spirit and that you maintain a spirit-filled life. And if you have not been with us on Wednesday night, oh my goodness, the Lord is opening our eyes and revealing things to us that are absolutely changing our lives as believers. Maintaining a spirit-filled life is how you win supernaturally and how you help others to win supernaturally. God never intended the church just be saved. If that was it, why did he give us the other person of the Holy Spirit to be filled with? A lot of people think they're filled, but they're, they're just, they're born again. And that's great. That's how you get to heaven. But being filled with the Spirit empowers you. And the enemy fights that because he has seen what spirit-filled people can do. They turn the world upside down for the Lord. And so if he can't stop somebody from getting saved, he'll try to make you think tongues is of the devil. Keep you away from being filled with the Holy Spirit. People have to be cautious about attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil. That's shaky ground there. No, there's a wonderful life called living a spirit-filled life. And oh, there's people in prison today, Christians who wish they would have been spirit-filled the day of the crime. They would never have committed it. All right. So now turn to 1 John chapter 2. Somebody tell me, what's the best use of your time on this planet? Doing the will of God. I think probably the greatest competitor to you and I doing God's will is what we want. Probably thought I was going to say the devil and demons, huh? Mm-mm. The greatest competitor to you and I doing the will of God is our own desires, our own volition, our free will. God gave us free will not to to just be used flippantly. He gave us free will so we would make the choices He leads us to make so we could live in the best. God's not looking to be a tyrant and make people do things. He just wants us looking to Him finding out what his will is, and then making proper choices. How many of you would respect the word of a, of a wealthy businessman if you wanted to be 
more prosperous in your business, Warren Buffett, whoever, you know, just let him tell you things. Would you go, ah, oh, yeah, well, whatever, I'm still going to do what I want to do. You'd probably go, man, I'm going to do everything this guy's telling me because he's very successful and I want to be like him. Right. Well, God's the most successful person in the universe. Right. He created planets and puppies <laughs> and everything in between. And he is mega successful. Why wouldn't we want to hang out with him and find out what to choose and what to do? You know, a lot of people are just doing things because they want to. They're not led by the Spirit. They're led by opportunity. They're not led by the Spirit. They're led by need. They're not led by the Spirit. They're led by emotions. They're led by all these other things, everything but the Spirit of God. I, I won't go there right now, but in James chapter 4, the Bible says, you're not just supposed to say, I'm going to do this and move here and do that and, and make this over here and do it. He said, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to say, if the Lord will. Why? Because you don't know what's on the morrow. The Holy Ghost knows everything, past, present, and future, what's around the corner, the hearts of all men, people you're thinking about hooking up with. He knows everything. It's just smart to say, Lord, what's your will concerning this? Uh, Brother Hagan talked about a family that got healed of cancer. Uh, the, I think the husband got healed of cancer. The kids got out of all these problems. And, they, and his church, because he, Kenneth Hagan is preaching the word of faith and the full gospel, healings for all, victories for all. And these people get totally healed. This family gets totally healed in his church. And then the guy comes up to Brother Hagan after a while and says, you know what? Um, somebody offered me twice as much money in this certain town over here. And uh, we're going to go ahead and move. And, and, and he said, would you check and see if there's a church over there? Well, no, but, you know, I mean, th this is a lot of money. I mean, this will help our family a lot. You guys got healed in this church. You need to make sure there's a church over there and that your spiritual life's taken care of and not just your financial life. Amen. Well, they, he didn't, the guy didn't listen. The family moved and all these problems started happening. They didn't find a church that preached the word of God. Things started happening. Sickness started happening. They couldn't, things came back on them. They didn't know how to deal with counterattacks and it was not well with them. Oh, they got the more money, but they lost some things that money couldn't buy in the process. You have to watch out for that stuff. That's a huge deal. Man, I, I tell you, if you ever have an opportunity to move, pray. Can I say this? Get in the habit of saying, Lord, what's your will? Because sometimes the pull is so strong. This world has strong poles in it. Money is a strong pole to a lot of people. Relationships are a strong pull. Geographical locations are a strong pull to some people. I know, I had to resist the palm tree pull. <laughs> We've had opportunities to start churches where there's palm trees. I have to, personally, I like big cities. If it was my choice, I'd live in New York. Downtown. I always had a desire to. I like it. I like New York City. Carla, on the other hand, she's not too big on it. She likes the palm trees. I like them both. I think we should have a house in one place and the other just for vacation. I like New York City. I like the, I like the city. There's just something about it that I like. But I don't like a lot of what they're doing now. Whoo! I'm not sure I want to go. <laughs> There's some crazy things being passed and laws being passed in New York right now. But as far as the people and you know, just the atmosphere, I think it's kind of cool. You know why I'm not there? I could be there. I'm an adult. I can move, right? You know why I'm not there? And you know why I'm not in some beach in Miami? Pastor, you know why? 
I'd like to be there. That's desirous to me. I, I'm not too big on the cold. It's okay. I, if it's going to snow, snow. None of this slush and pothole stuff. And then after it's done snowing, evaporate by the next day and then be dry again. I'm suffering in the will of God. <laughs> I do like Colorado. I think Colorado, one of the things I like about Colorado is, I was going to say no tornadoes, but I saw one. That's a whole other story. But um, no hurricanes? We kind of have to be a pretty big hurricane to hit us, right? <laughs> Earthquakes, not, not much to speak of. Right? Great weather, blue sky, no pollution. When I used to live in California and I played on the streets, you know, ball, you know, uh, catch with my brother or football, whatever. After about an hour, your lungs, you take a breath and it's, it hurts. It's like you got this lung problem. Like, I thought that was normal till we moved out here. And then we're starting to play catch and, and baseball. I'm going, Mom, I don't feel that. What? She goes, that's because we're in Colorado. There's no pollution here. But if it was my choice... I'd be in a different geographical place. But it's not my choice. I learned a long time ago, there's no place like the will of God. Dorothy had it right. Other than home is the will of God. There's no place like the will of God. You can't get the peace, the joy, the happiness that you can only get by knowing and being in the will of God. So 1 John 2, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 John, by the Holy Spirit, this is God talking to us. He says, don't love the world. All right, so let's just say, I don't love the world. I don't love the now, we love the people in the world, but yes. we don't love the world system that's lorded over by the God of this world, the devil. We don't love it. Doesn't mean we don't obey authorities. It just means there's a part of this world that you know is sin. You need to stay away from that part and not love it. Neither don't love the things that are in the world. And last week we made the confession, I don't love pizza, I don't love cheesecake, I don't love my house, I don't love my car, I don't love that outfit. Why? Because the Lord said don't love the thing. Enjoy them. Like them. Be thankful for them. But don't love them. It cheapens the word love and it messes up your relationship with God and people. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's a big deal. Next verse. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. Keep going. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God lives forever. Whew. I need you to turn to Hebrews 10. We've got limited time this morning, so I'm going to keep moving here. Hebrews chapter 10, in verse 36, and let's just go directly to the New Living Translation. This scripture shows us there is guaranteed success for everybody and it's not dependent on what others do. It's dependent on what you do and what I do. Hebrews 10.36, New Living Translations. Patience, endurance is what you need now. These are people that got in the will of God. So that you'll continue to do God's will. Then, everybody say then. Very important word. Then. Then. Then you'll receive all that the Lord has promised. We teach faith principles all the time at this church because they're biblical. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you also got to teach living in the will of God. They go together. Operate in faith principles and live in the will of God. Right? And all these promises that are laid to your account will actually find way into your life. 
We got to teach doing the will of God, not just faith principles. You can't just do A, B, C, D and not be interested in the will of God and be a recipient of all the great things the Lord has for you. You got to want to be in the will of God. You got to want to be in his will and you got to be in his will. And it's not hard to be in his will. Like I said, we're in his will today. If you're here willingly, you're in his will. Right. Hearing the word of the Lord, you're, you're in the perfect will of God. You know, there's, there's been times in our life where we have the perfect will of God in front of us and we have something we planned in front of us. And there's times that we chose what we planned. And when we went that direction, we, we did the vacation or whatever. We did the whole thing, but there was something missing in the whole thing. Sky might have been blue, but it wasn't blue on the inside. Things didn't work right. We're kind of bummed that we went and spent the money. Come back home and go, well, why did we do that? Knowing we should have went the other direction. See, here's one, one thing you need to realize. The Lord will let you and me do whatever we want to do. The ultimate is he'll let people go to hell if they don't want him. It's not his will, but it's not his choice. It's man's choice where they end up, not the Lord's choice. Do you all understand that, that God doesn't have to send somebody to hell who's already on the road to hell? In Adam, all die. Adam messed this whole thing up. And if people don't get off the road, Adam put them on. They will end up in a place God doesn't want them to end up. And that's not God sending them there. That's people not getting off the road to there. So patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that he has promised. All right, we got that? Job 36, 11. You guys okay with all these scriptures? Job 36, 11, it says, if you obey and serve the Lord. In other words, if you do his will, What's going to happen? Going to throw a drag? No. Going to be sad? No. Can't have any fun? Lie. If you obey and serve him, if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity. I told you everything everybody wants is found in obeying God doing his will. If they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So what's going to happen to your life if you decide to find out what God's will is and do it? Prosperity could be translated peace, pleasure, happiness. Jesus put it like this. If you do the things I'm teaching you, you're going to be happy. Amen. A lot of people think, no, I'll be happy if I can get this in my life. I'll be happy. If you do the will of God, you're going to be happy. And we're way beyond Hollywood happy here. We're talking a deep happiness that the world can't give or take away. I'm going to quote this to you. Isaiah 119. Actually, you better look at it. Isaiah 119. The Bible says, if you, notice the ye, that means you. If you be willing and obedient Okay, so help me out here. What's he saying we, we need to do? Two things, right? Willing and obedient. Willing and not just obedient. Willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Well, he's talking about using up the best that the land has to offer. 
One translation says you'll eat the best of the land. In other words, whatever comes from the land, God says you're going to have the best of it if you're willing and obedient to his plan for your life. Where do cars come from? The land. Where do houses come from? Material. The land. Where does food come from? The land. Where's your clothing come from? Well, it comes from animals who were made of the dust of the ground, right? A lot of it. Well, he said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So here's one of the main things I wanted to say to you today. Our success, your success and my success in life is based on what we do, not what other people around us do. So we can take the pressure off of the people we're trying to make do what we need them to do so we can be successful. Come on, guys. He didn't say if everybody around you is obeying God perfectly, you're going to succeed and be prosperous. He said if you're obeying the Lord, you're going to succeed. Isn't that freedom? Isn't that awesome? If I'm willing and obedient, there ain't nobody on this planet can stop me from eating the good of this land. And there's, no, and, and it, there's nobody around me that whether they do or don't do the will of God, they can't hinder me from obeying the Lord. And I can be successful. That's a huge, this will set you free. Your success is based on you being willing and obedient. Not everybody around you that you thought you needed to do certain things to be successful. If the batch of people around you aren't doing for you what they need to do, God will get you a new batch. He'll bring you into a different place. He's responsible. If we do this, he's responsible to see to it that we eat the good of the land. So take the pressure off of people and just make sure you're where you're supposed to be. And if the people around you aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, God will use birds if he has to <laughs> to help you out. Amen. He's done it before. You can do it again. A lot of people are obedient. They're, they're doing the right things. They're in the right place, but they're not willing about it. And they're wondering, well, how come I'm not eating the good of the land? I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. Well, you don't qualify just by doing what the Lord told you to do. That word willing is very important to the Lord. Well, what if I don't want to do it? Make an adjustment. It's not hard. Just decide on the inside. You know what? I have been doing what I should be doing, but I haven't been doing it willingly. I've been doing it simply because it's my duty. Make the adjustment and say, Lord, I'm done just doing this because of duty. I want to do your will. I want to be here. I trust your way is the best way. You're smarter than me. Father knows best. Here I go. Make that adjustment. And guess what? God now has a right to make you eat the good of the land because you're willing and obedient. We need to teach more on consecration in these days. I look back, even, even 60, 70, 80 years ago, they had more healings. People were healthier and stronger in the church. They were more blessed. And, and right as I start thinking of those things, I hear the Lord saying, yeah, and they were more consecrated too. Yeah. Jesus prayed this prayer in his life. We need to pray it all the time. And that is, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he's not talking about in the area of what we already know is the will of God. We know healing's will of God. You don't have to pray if it be thy will, heal me. He wants you healed because he said he did. But in this area of direction, what to do, positions, places, people to hook with, that's not in the Bible. You better pray if it be thy will when it comes to those areas. 
Those are specific areas that you need to have a witness on the inside. Go or not go. And watch out about conditions being great being the reason you're going. And watch out about conditions not being great as the reason you're not going. We've got scripture after scripture that shows people got in serious trouble by following outward circumstances instead of the inward leading of the Spirit. We've got, there, there's some people that have encountered tremendous opposition and, and tragedy, not from the Lord by any means, but you get up from under the protection of God, the enemy has access, and there's people that aren't even with us today because they just did what they wanted to do. It looked good, it smelled good, it felt right, the money was better, or whatever. They did it, and they got in trouble. Because you can't claim full, perfect provision if you're not in the perfect will of God. Do you understand that, church? You can't claim God's best if you're not living in God's best. He wants you to have it, but you're not in position to receive it. After you've done the will of God, not God would give, that you might receive the promise. Your receiver doesn't work when you're not doing what you know the Lord wants you to do. And it's not hard. Everyone say it's not hard. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So I'm, I'm going to say something to you um, before we read this because I don't want to emphasize the, the main theme of this scripture other than the first part of the scripture. But there are a ton of blessings and benefits that accompany you and I living in the will of God. And again, the, the will of God generally for everybody is get saved, live a spirit-filled life, and walk in love. Hmm? And then there's specific direction he'll want to give to you about certain places he'd like you to be, certain places he'd like you to stay and be rooted, certain places he may want you to go somewhere else, but make sure the Lord's leading you, not just things you want. Right, th this is so important. I've been a pastor over 32 years, and I've seen people's lives flourish and become amazing because they took being in the will of God serious. And then I've seen other lives destroyed, marriages wiped out, people die young because they were so bent on doing things the way they wanted to do them. And it wasn't God doing that stuff. The enemy has access to people who are resisting the will of God. If we keep resisting the will of God year after year and decade after decade, the enemy is going to find uh, uh, avenue in people's lives. God doesn't just tell us to be in His will because He's God and we're His puppets. That's not it at all. He wants us in His will because it's the safest place in the universe. Like we said last week, if you were called to Afghanistan by the Lord to minister and help people get saved and influence people for Jesus, that'd be the safest place in the world for you is in Afghanistan, if He called you. You think, no, man, it'd be safe if I'm in my castle with, with bars and armed guards. No, you're not. Uh-uh. No. Safety's of the Lord. Yeah. And being in His perfect will is the safest place in the universe. Yeah. I'm not saying that living in the perfect will of God means you'll have no opposition. But it does mean you'll miss a bunch of unnecessary adversity. And any opposition that does come your way, because you're in God's will, you'll have grace to overcome it all. Yeah. The will of God is fun. Yeah. It's a blast. So look here, in jo did I say Job? No, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Now this is just ex explaining one thing that's the will of God. Verse 3, but I, and I don't want to emphasize the fornication part here, but I do want to say this. The Bible says, for this is the will of God. Anybody interested in the will of God? Or should I say it like this? Is anybody interested in happiness? Yeah. Yes. Protection? Yes. Prosperity? Yes. Peace? Yes. 
protection. Yes. Fullness of joy. Yes. Then abstain from fornication. Yeah. Or anything that's the will of God for your life. Yeah. Fornication is sex outside of marriage. And I don't want to emphasize that part. So that's another whole teaching. But what I'm saying, shouldn't we read this like this? For this is the will of God. Let's read it like this. This is your prosperity. This is your peace. This is your protection. This is your happiness. This is your health. This is your joy that you abstain from fornication. See, that's different than just saying, stop it, you sinner. How about we say, listen, look what's waiting for you if you do what God says. Instead of, stop it or you're going to hell. Stop it. Stop it. Right? Being one of those crazy people. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, the number one reason people don't go to church is because of church people. <laughs> Untaught, wild, uncontrollable, right? Well, this scripture says the will of God in your sanctification. Now, if you read later uh, in this book, in chapter five, it says to rejoice evermore, to pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So anytime you know the will of God is presented to you, don't just, don't just think the will of God. Think peace, prosperity, health, protection, strength, fullness of joy if I do these things. You're not just being a goody-goody Christian, right? You're being a person who loves the Lord. And you're positioning yourself for great things that everybody else in this world wants. And then when you start receiving them and they start asking you about them, you can tell them, I just decided to follow God's will for my life. And he told me he'd take care of me if I did. I mean, isn't that cool? Yeah, it's like, you know, people will see you driving in your new car and they go, wow, that's a nice car. How did you get that car? What do you do? What do you do? You can tell them, well, I do the will of God. Right. Instead of, you know, I mean, that'd be a cool answer. right? Instead of, well, you know, uh, uh, I do things, you know, a little underhanded sometimes and sell a few drugs here and there and... You know, um, uh, how many think pimps should not be the only ones driving nice cars? <laughs> right? How about people that do the will of God? What, what if the little kids heard, yeah, you know, you see this, you see this car here? This is Rolls Royce or you see this? Yeah, I, I just do the will of God and, and God gives me the desires of my heart. He got me in a position where I could get it. Right. What is that going to do for a little kid? Oh, you mean you don't have to be a blasphemous rock star? To get stuff like that, you don't have to be a drug dealer to get stuff like that. No, you do the will of God to get stuff like that. And the cool thing about it is you get the stuff and no sorrow attached to it. Am I quoting scripture? The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So you get it God's way. Now the devil will always try to get you to receive it his way. You know, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the stuff you came for, Jesus. Bow down, worship me. I'll give you all these kingdoms, Jesus. And Jesus said, shut up. Get behind me. Worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus got it the Father's way, not the devil's way. So in Psalm 112, and look here in verse 1 through 3. I'm almost done. Can you hang on just a little longer? We have one powerful scripture we have to get to here. In Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3, The Bible says, praise you the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. That's somebody who worships and serves the Lord. If you look it up. 
You want to be blessed? Serve the Lord and delight greatly in the Lord's commandments. That's different than doing your duty. Go from duty to delight if you're in duty. Why? Because you get more blessings. It works better. God's more pleased. You'll be glad. Everybody around you will be better. Come on. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. What will happen if that's your lifestyle? Your children. Seed means children. Your children. Oh, church, do you realize being in the will of God affects every other area of your life? Absolutely. Being in the will of God or not being in the will of God affects your children. Positive or negative? I know you thought that your you know, worship of the Lord didn't mean much to your kids. Mommy and daddy serving the Lord directly affects children in the home. And they need to see that they're not your number one. If your children never see that God's first when it comes to them and God, you're, you're, you're giving them a warped perception of life. Your children need to see something about your life that proves God is number one, even above them. Right. I'm telling you, if you don't, they'll end up warped. They'll start thinking they're number one. And that's a problem going somewhere to happen today. I'm number one. Mom and dad said I was number one. I'm number one. I'm the most important thing. That is so wrong to instill in your children. God's number one. Right? Jesus is first. Children need to see that. Jesus is first in mommy and daddy's life. There'll be times when, 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 when the kids want to do something and your love for them is going to want to do it, but you know God has something else for the family to do. You're going to have to show them, listen, honey, you may not understand this right now. I may not understand this right now, but God wants us to do this right now. And we're putting this on pause or canceling it altogether. They'll cry. They'll boo-hoo. But the lesson you'll be teaching them, oh my goodness, it will last forever. They need to know that they don't just grow up doing everything they want to do, playing in every sport they want to play in, doing everything they want. They need to know that is not how successful living starts out. Right. It's not deciding, 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 deciding. It's discovering and then doing what we know is the Lord's will for our life. And it's not complicated. Many of you are doing the will of God. You're working well on the job. That's the will of God. You're walking in integrity. That's the will of God. You're repenting when you blow it. That's the will of God. You're walking in love. That's the will of God. You're in church today. That's the will of God. Right? Now, if you're not filled with the Spirit, come to Wednesday night or talk to an altar worker after the service. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit before you leave the building. Right. Speaking in tongues, which is wonderful. But then there's even more specifics in the more selective, the more effective we're going to be in our life. There's a will of God for everybody in the church. God has set members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. Ah, so we don't go to the church just because it pleases us. We're not just looking for what pleases us when we're trying to find the right church. He set members in the body as it has pleased him. And if you want the best for your life, find out what's pleasing to him and do that. God has set members in the body as it has pleased him. It may or may not please you where he wants you, but have enough maturity to go his way anyway. Because he sees the future. He knows the hearts of all men. He knows you better than you know you. He knows where you flourish better than anywhere else. 
It's the will of God that we're all part of a local church, one way or another. Psalm 92 says, those that are planted, you know, not those that are floating, <laughs> those that are planted in the house of the Lord, wherever that is, find out and be there. Those that are planted shall flourish out there in the courts of their God. Interesting how our life out there has a lot to do with what we're planted in in the local church. So you look at this scripture, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation that would include grandchildren of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. So you got to remember, being in the will of God affects every area of your life. Not being in the will of God affects every area of your life. I know we think there's these visible problems. Is, you know, oh, this is the reason this happened. Invisible problems manifest invisible problems. If you never go back to the invisible and fix that, the visible will still be there in one shape or another. Make sure you're where the Lord wants you. And then just believe everything's going to be great. No worries. Everybody say, no worries. No worries. Don't worry about not being in the will of God. Just find out what it is and do it. Right. And the best way to find out is read your Bible, pray, and go to church. Yep. If you fall behind in any of those areas, you start falling behind and being keen to what the will of God is for your life. Quickly turn to Matthew 7. If you were not here last week, how many of you were not here last week? If you were not here last week, uh, let me just say this before we uh, get into this last verse here. If the will of God is so great, don't you know there's going to be some opposition to you being in it? The devil does not want you or I in the will of God because he knows how that would just totally bless our lives and everybody around us. He's doing his best to destroy, kill, and steal, and destroy. But when people start living in the will of God, the power of God starts showing up in their lives. The blessings of the Lord, the direction of the Lord, it's very obvious that the will of God is the greatest life you could ever live. And the enemy doesn't want that happening. He doesn't want you being a billboard for Jesus. Just say this, I'm going to be a billboard for Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to advertise how amazing it is to be in the will of God. But you know there's opposition to it. There, there's sly opposite. And one of them, as I already mentioned it, one of the greatest opposing lies of the devil is you will not like the will of God. Same thing you told Eve. You know, God told you not to eat of that because he's holding out on you. You know, he, he knows you're going to be like God's. It's like they're already like God. Right. <laughs> they were made in the image and likeness of God. Hanging out with God in the cool of the day. The devil's a liar. He's going to say, if you don't do those things in life that you really want to do, you're missing some really good stuff. You know what you need to do when you hear those thoughts? Laugh. Right. Just laugh and say, ha ha, devil, I used to be foolish. I ain't foolish no more. The will of God is the greatest life that could ever be lived. Full of peace, joy, it affects your children, affects your finances, affects your health, it affects your future. Rewards in the next life and in this life. Matthew 7. And I want you to, we're going to read verse 21 through 23 out of the King James Version. And then I'm going to read you the 23rd verse out of the New Living Translation. So, you ready? Say, I'm ready. Okay. Jesus said, 
Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Interesting. Stop right there. Just one second. Question. Question to everybody listening, watching by camera, everybody. Question. Is Jesus your Lord? Or do you just say he is? Many will say, Lord, Lord. That doesn't mean he's Lord. The true test of Jesus being your Lord is not just what you say. It's are you doing his will? You know, we're going to teach pretty soon here at the church. I sense it's coming up pretty quick. We're going to do a teaching on the devil and demons and demon influence and how to not yield to it. Because I'm seeing people everywhere. They don't know what they're doing. They, w they wouldn't do it if they knew what they're doing. But the devil so wants you just doing your own thing in life that he will, he will bring good stuff your way, anything but the will of God. He'll bring good things your way just, just to pull on your desires and to pull on your will to get you going a way that maybe isn't, isn't demonic. It's just away from the perfect will of God for your life. You have to be smart and realize that the enemy is going to come at you with good stuff. Right? Good doesn't mean God. And oh, what a difference. Right? Good. God. Oh, what a difference. Everything God is good, but everything good is not God for you right now. So he said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Here's the true test if Jesus is our Lord. Now look at the next couple of verses. This will blow you away. Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name have done many wonderful works. And the Lord said, I'll profess unto them at that time. I never knew you depart from me. You that work iniquity. Put up verse 23 in the NLT. Jesus said, I will reply. I never knew you go away. The things you did were unauthorized. The prophesying was good, but it was unauthorized. Casting out demons was fine, but you're supposed to be in a whole other church, and you left because of rebellion. Huh? The things you did were good, but they were not authorized. This is a huge deal, guys. The devil doesn't mind us doing good works. Just rebel in where you're really supposed to be. Just rebel against the high call of God in your life. I, we've, we've seen this happen and it's so sad. People will get offended in a church and, and you know, things won't go the way they want it to go and, and maybe pastor preached a message that rubbed them the wrong way or maybe we didn't start up a department that they wanted us to start and, and um, you know, whatever. They, they say, well, the Lord led me here but now he's leading me away. And, and they leave and you know in your heart it wasn't a biblical leaving. It was a I'm offended leaving. They said the Lord is leading me away, but really offense was leading them away. Them not getting their way led them away. When they were supposed to grow, they goad. <laughs> Instead of growing, they got into going. And, you know, I, Carl and I were talking, I think it was two days ago, about something she had, she had read a while back. And, and I feel like the Lord said, I want you to put that in a little different way. And 
I, I put this little picture on some social media a, while, a couple days ago of a of a uh, like a piece of grass or a weed growing up through asphalt. Hard concrete. You, you know, you think dirt, you know. Well, yeah, this thing was growing through the street. It's still there, Amy. It's right in front of my house. It's just going right out. This green thing, out of the asphalt, the street. I'm thinking, man, that, that thing is determined <laughs> to get out from under the hardness of life and and I, I put on the social media, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, um, the only way out of some problems is to grow. The only way to get to the next level is to grow to the next level. If you want to get out of some stuff, you're just going to have to pop through somewhere and grow out of it. But go looks pretty tempting when you should grow. I mean, no, go looks real tempting. Can I say this? I'm going to say it anyway because I'm preaching. Uh, so please don't say no. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2 tells us that your flesh hates the will of God. You can train it over time to be conducive with it and to flow with it. But 1 Peter chapter 4 talks about the flesh just flat out not wanting to do the will of God. And your flesh is that unrenewed part of your physical being that's not saved yet. It does not want to do the will of God. It wants what it wants and it wants it right now. But if the flesh was smart and you can control it, it would realize if I go God's way, at least I'll have health, strength, the right kind of pleasure, Joy unspeakable. You got to train your flesh. Now, when the Lord said the things you're doing are unauthorized, he was talking about you can't cover up rebellion, you know, doing what you're supposed to be doing, where you should be. But offense, maybe or something pushed you away or your own desire said, well, I like palm trees better than the will of God. Or He's saying, listen, you can't cover up rebellion with good works. So one more scripture and we'll close. Acts 13. Acts 13, and this will be it for today. Acts 13, verse 36. Paul's talking about King David. He said, <clears throat> David, Paul's referring to Old Testament. Paul said, David, King David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. So he's talking about David. He, he served his generation, now listen closely church, by the will of God. In other words, he prayed about how to serve the Lord. He didn't just start prophesying to anybody and you know, start this over. I know when Carl and I started the church here, we had to pray about this. We realized this was a big decision. We've heard enough teaching to realize you don't just step into an office that you're not called to. In, in, in ministry, in our lives in ministry, uh, Brother Hagen taught us after the Lord appeared to him in a vision a while back. And the Lord told him and said, quote, he said, many of my ministers live and die and never enter into the first phase of their true ministry. 
Brother Hagen himself said, I pastored a church for 15 years and I went on, on, out on the road because the Lord led me to, to be more of a teacher than a pastor. And the Lord said, after 15 years of successful pastoring, he said, he said, son, you're now ready to step into your first phase of ministry. He went, what? I've been pastoring successfully for 15 years. The Lord said, yeah, you were in training. Are you ready to enter the first phase of your ministry? And he said a lot of his ministers don't even make it through their whole life. They die young. He said not all of them, but some of them because they never entered into the first faith. They kept serving the Lord the way they wanted to. He, it, it, that's not the Lord's will that people die young. Do you understand that? There is a devil. There are demons. They're looking for whom they may devour. Being out of the will of God kind of gets them excited to think, oh, hey, maybe we can throw a little pop shot this way or a little pop shot that way. When you know that you're supposed to be in the will of God and you know what that is and you just say no to it, that's not a safe place to be year after year. God's patient. His mercy is amazing. He'll send five, ten people your way and try to correct you, get you straightened out. You know, get a bullhorn if he has to. Say, hey, stop. But there comes a time you got to do what you know to do. There comes a time there's no more messing around. So you read this here. How did David serve his generation? Well, he just, you know, had a desire to do this. So he did it. Didn't even pray about it. Just said, well, I'm going to do this. Oh, that's good. This person's doing that. So I'm going to do this. It's working for them. It'll work for me. I've had to be careful about that in the ministry. We can't just do what other churches are doing who are successful. That we still got to seek God for ourselves about what the Lord wants our church to do. We can't just do what somebody else is doing because it's working for them. What did James say? He said, listen, listen, don't go to you now that say we're going to go into such and such a city, start up a business, buy and sell and do this and that. We're going to make profit. And, and, and James says, what? What are you doing? All that talk is boastful and vain. He said, what you need to do and the, and the message translations bring this out. What you need to do is get in the habit of saying, I'm going to check with God on this. What's the Lord have for my life? Because I don't know what's on the morrow. There's so many examples in the Bible of people who got more selective and they became more effective. Paul and Silas just they said, let's go to Asia and preach the gospel. Man, the Lord told us to go preach the gospel. Let's go to Asia. And they're going to Asia to preach the gospel. And something happened. They knew the spirit of God was saying, hmm, I forbid it. And I don't know if that was just an inward witness or a prophecy or what, but but they knew by the spirit. Uh, now, they could have overrode that. This is the thing. God's not going to make us do his. You can override his direction. Absolutely. And they could have overrid his direction and they could have went to Asia. God only knows what would have happened. Right. Maybe there was plots. Maybe they were going to die. Maybe some kind of weather. Maybe they weren't ready to hear the word. Right. And the spirit of God said, don't go to Asia to preach the gospel. What? Would the Lord ever tell you not to preach the gospel in a certain place? He did, Paul and Silas. And so they thought, okay, we're going to go to Bithynia then. We're going to go to Bithynia. We're, that's what, and, it, and it said they were headed to Bithynia and they're going and spirit suffered him not. So they're going, well, Lord, you told us to go to all the world, preach the gospel. What do we do? What's your will? So there's, they're going to bed one night and Paul had a dream. A guy from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. 
And it didn't say that they were 100% sure this was the will of God. It just said assuredly gathering. We realized we're probably supposed to go to Macedonia. They stepped out in faith. They went. They had a peace. There was no major check on the inside of them. And they did the will of God. And Paul lived to be Paul the aged after being delivered from the mouth of the lion and all kinds of crazy stuff. Deaths often. He made it to the end of his life because the will of God was really important to him. Get in the habit of praying. Lord, if it's your will, we'll plan this vacation at this time. Lives have been saved because of these types of prayers. And other lives have been destroyed because of not taking these things serious. Church, stand up.